bless God. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being with me once again. My name is Stephen Mannering from SR Mannering Ministries. And uh, I'm so thankful that the Lord has given us another opportunity to be here and to just get into His presence, to learn from His Word. And I'm just so thankful for each and every single one of you that uh, are listening right now. So before we start, like I always do, I just want to pray God's blessings. I want to pray His anointing and uh, just His leading and His guiding. So if you would, let's just pray for one one minute with me. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love and your mercy. And I pray, God, for each and every single person that's listening right now, that, God, that you would bless them. Holy Ghost, I pray that you would touch them. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would teach them from your word. And I pray for the blessings to be poured out from heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus, I ask, amen and amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for, uh, for taking the time uh, I do appreciate it so much. And some of the comments that had come back to me uh, over the past few weeks were something along the lines of, Stephen, um, is this the end? Uh, what can you tell us about that? And so I decided, okay, well, it can be a pretty heavy topic, and it can be something that uh, has a lot of different opinions on it. But I thought one thing. I thought, okay, let's go into the Word of God, and let's kind of look at some things uh, that the Word of God would say. So the first place that I want us to go to is I want us to go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I want us to start uh, basically at verse number 3. And so many of you would have probably heard this if you've been in church for any length of time, and that's okay. We're just going to go over a few things and uh, see where the Lord takes us with this. So let's turn in our Bibles to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 3. If you've got your Bibles, follow along and, uh, and you know, let the Word of God just sink deep into your heart as we're reading this. Because really, at the end of the day, you want the Holy Ghost to teach you. Uh, so it doesn't matter who stands up in a pulpit or who you listen to online. Uh, you make sure that the Holy Ghost is the one that's leading you and guiding you and, and really speaking truth into your life. So let's go. So, verse number three, let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself in every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as God. Do you not remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things? And you know what restrains him now, so that it is his time that it might be revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then that lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth, and bring to the end by the appearance of his coming. That is, the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders. So guys, I wanted to kind of start with, um, with this verse here. Because there are so many people that are coming to me and they're saying, Stephen, is this the end? What's going on out in this world that we live in today? There's so much confusion, there's so much deception, there's so much pressure that's being laid upon people. And so I wanted to go back to this verse because I wanted to share with you that even though the, uh, the times that we're living in uh, are, are so filled 
with so much despair, so much um, confusion. The Word of God is very clear that there is a season. And what I wanted to talk to you a little bit about was the fact that there is a time that the Word of God says that the restrainer must be removed. Okay, so that restrainer that it's talking about is in verse number 7. So if we talk about the restrainer himself, we need to understand who exactly is that. So again, there's lots of different theories about this. I'm going to give you my opinion on this from what I believe uh, is the restrainer. So the word of God in this time that it's written is written by Paul. And if we look at the season that Paul was in and the church in the, in the circumstances they were in, if we were to go back, and you can do a little bit of research on this, into uh, 1 Thessalonians and start to read, you'll see that the church itself is under a tremendous amount of persecution. So the Roman Empire is moving forward and they're really taking it out on the church. And so now you start to see the trepidation and the fear begin to rise up. So as we begin to read through the Word of God, you're seeing Paul basically implore people, don't be afraid, don't fear, you know, trust in the Lord, trust in the direction that he's taking you. Well, why is he saying that? Because of the pressure of society, because of the situations that were going on around them. And so they recognize that if you you stood up to serve Jesus, you are in a time and place where you could be put to death for your faith. Now, we live in today's society, 2021. And though in North America, we don't necessarily see that type of persecution. There is that persecution all over the world, where Christians standing up for their faith can die for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I've always said that one of the greatest things that I believe that any Christian can say is that they're martyred for their faith. You know, and I know that that sounds very strange to say, but I mean, I would love to be an 80-year-old martyr for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I say that in all seriousness. I love to live life. Um, I, I want to see my kids grow. I want to see my grandkids grow. I want to enjoy the things in this world. But at the end of the day, you know, if I have the opportunity to stand before the Lord and say, Lord, I gave my life for you because I love you so much, then, you know what, in Jesus' name, may it happen. But you know what, I can honestly say this, no matter what time the Lord tends to call me home, I know that my bags are packed and ready to go. And so I don't know about you. If you stand here and you look at the society that we live in and all the pressure and everything that's going on, the one thing that I would implore you to do is to take a look at the Word of God and to take a look at the Lord Jesus Christ. Because out of everything, I would say the same thing that Paul is saying in, throughout the Word, that Jesus is the answer to anything that's wrong in your life. That Jesus is the one that's going to give you peace. Jesus is the one that's going to give you joy. Jesus is the one that's going to lift you up out of the circumstance. Jesus is the answer for you. If I can implore you on anything, and if you can hear me with anything that I might say, please hear me. Jesus is the answer, and I want to point you right directly to him. But there's a blessing that I believe there in, in serving Jesus, and that's what I believe this scripture is talking about. And so you might have heard the term rapture before. Well, one of the things that I believe uh, in reference to the restrainer happens to be the church of Jesus Christ. 
You see, so when we go back and we look at the, the time frame of everything that's going on, and we see that the Roman Empire is really pressing in on the church. Well, we recognize that the Roman Empire is not the one that's restraining. Uh, we recognize that um, moving forward, it wouldn't even be Satan that would be the restrainer because a kingdom against itself falls. The Lord Jesus Christ said that. So if Satan was trying to do anything against his own kingdom before this man of lawlessness stepped in, which is the Antichrist, that's what it's talking about there. So if, if the devil himself was trying to fight against his kingdom, well, it would fall. Well, that doesn't work. So if it's not the Roman Empire, if it's not the devil, well, is it the church? Is it the Holy Ghost? Well, let's take a look just a, a little bit at that now. So, where is the Holy Ghost? If we were to look right at the very beginning of Genesis, we would see that in the beginning, God. <laughs> Man, we could preach sermon after sermon after sermon on that one alone. But in the beginning was God. And the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters. So if we look at that in the book of Genesis, we will see that the very first person of the Godhead that the Word of God talks about is the Spirit. So before anything, he's there. He's hovering over the waters. And so what happens is God said, let there be light. And so as there was light, what happened is the Spirit of God, boom, created light and day. Okay, so what we know is that the Spirit of God has been here ever since the beginning. So does that mean that the Spirit of God is being pulled away? No, absolutely not. The Spirit of God is everywhere at all times. You can't escape Him, which is the awesome part, the beautiful part about serving Jesus, is that no matter where we go, no matter what we're doing, the Holy Ghost is there. Now, that can be a little scary if we're doing the wrong things and if we're stepping into the wrong circumstance because lots of times we like to think, well, no, nobody's going to know anything about that. Well, I'm really, contrary to what we might think, the Holy Ghost is right there and He sees it all. The beautiful part about all of that is He still loves us. He still is calling us. He still is, is imploring us to come to Him because there's something better. You know, the devil always tries to taint things. He always tries to pull you away. He always tries to tempt you, you know. And the Word of God says that the one that we serve, Jesus Christ, he was tempted in every way. And when you actually look at the word tempted, the word tempted actually means this. He pondered it. He thought about it. You know, if the Lord thought about it and he pondered it, man, doesn't that just give you a little bit of, uh, of peace knowing that all the struggles that you're going through, he already knows what that's like. And he's not, he's not sitting up there going, ah, oh, well, you know what, I, I could have done all that and wiped it out and, and you're good for nothing, you know, because you don't have any willpower. You don't have any, you don't have any staying, you don't have any perseverance to push through that. That's not what the Lord is saying. The Lord went through all these things and he conquered them. Because he conquered them, he's, he's just awesome. And that gives us the ability to rest in him. So, I want to continue on here. Jesus is the answer. So we put our faith in him. We rest in him. And so when we look at the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God was always there. The Spirit of God is always going to be here. 
So, when we talk about the one of lawlessness that is being restrained, so in verse number 7, it says, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains him will do so until he is taken out of the way. So, this scripture verse itself talks about what I believe is something that's called the rapture, the rapture of the church. I believe that today there is a very powerful force that is moving in our world. I believe that it is the spirit of the Antichrist. I believe that there is preparation for him to step on the scene. But I do believe that he can only go so far. Because no matter how, how strong we might think that he is, we need to recognize that Jesus Christ conquered him on the cross of Calvary. It says in the word of God that upon the cross he made a mockery of everything in hell. Why? Because he's the king. He's awesome. So he took that flame, he took that shame, he took that punishment for us. And so when he did that, and then took it all, went down to the grave, and rose three days later, now because of his power, because of his victory, he made a mockery of everything in hell. And so now when we step into faith and align ourselves with the word of God, there is power and there's authority that is released that we can step into. And as we begin to call upon him, as we begin begin to walk in accordance with his word, we can recognize that we, the church that are filled with his spirit, can walk in power and authority to push back darkness in this world. So it doesn't matter what this, this devil thinks that he's going to do, it's not going to happen because the church of Jesus Christ is going to rise with power and authority. And as we begin to do those things and step out and proclaim and declare his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, you're going to start to see his glory made known in this world. And believe me, our God is not a God who is going to just sit back and just let things happen. He's the conquering one. He is Jehovah. He is Yahweh. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And there is no one that is lacking unto him. That's what the word of God says. And I tell you, if we believe it and we stand upon it and we declare it, then we're going to see his power and his victory uh, be uh, made known in this world. You see, the word of God says that his church is more than conquerors. So that means when when you step onto the scene anointed and filled with the Holy Ghost, then that means you are filled with the power and that anything that is in that area is already shaking, it's already defeated because you are more than a conqueror. That means it's not just at the time of battle, that means it's before you even get to that point, the Lord God Almighty has already won the victory and you're able to step into it and declare it and receive the victory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So, if that is the case, then we need to recognize that we, the church, have a great responsibility. You see, the Lord moves through His church. The Lord touches people through people. That's you and I. You know, Jesus isn't walking on this, this earth. He left the Spirit here through man. And because He did that, the Word of God says that greater things we shall do. So when I hear people talk about, is this the end? Well, you know what? There's lots of theories that could be going on. I want to say that there is a platform that is potentially being developed that's out there. And one might say to me, oh, Stephen, are you going to get, uh, are you going to, get uh, to a point where you're going to start talking about conspiracy? Um, are, are you, are you, what are you getting into right now? And so 
What I want to share with you is something that you probably heard a lot more of lately. And so my job is not to say yay or nay that this is it. My job right now is by the Spirit of God to give you information. And as I give you information, you need to take that to the Lord. And we need to call on God that he would touch every leader in this, in this world, upon every nation. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's a prime minister, a president, it doesn't matter if it's a prince or a king. We recognize that the word of God says that when Jesus Christ was born, it says, unto, unto you as a child is born, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. So it doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal or NDP or Republican or Democrat. It, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Because at the end of the day, the government shall be upon his shoulder. And it's our job as the church of Jesus Christ to rise up and say, Lord, we want to bless our leaders. We want to pray your spirit into them. We want to pray your anointing upon them. And if they are not walking with you, then in the name of Jesus Christ, visit them and cause them to bow a knee to you, O oh God, that your kingdom might be established in the nations of this world. My God, through you, through your word, O oh God, hallelujah, and that they would be touched. And if they will not bow a knee to you, God, if they are doing things that are evil and deceptive, then God, we ask that you move in by your spirit, by your power, and that you either remove them or you cause all of that to come forth and that they be dealt with. But God, we ask ask for your blessings to rest upon them. So what you've been hearing lots of these days is there, there's fighting back and forth, you know, and, and so many different opinions. And one of the things that somebody came up to me and they says, well, what about this global reset? Well, one of the things about the global reset is they've been trying to do this for a long time. As a matter of fact, if you look in some of the history books on this um, and go through the web, you'll find that Part of this was actually started to, to be documented, to, to try to be put out there in the mid-80s. And so one of the things that they, they were trying to do was, well, we need, we need a, a global leadership pattern. We need, uh, we need somebody to step in and, and be a leader of all of these things in this world because that's how we're going to unite everything. You see, in the Word of God, it says in the book of Revelation that everything is going to be under one government. The Antichrist is going to have total control. He's going to be able to cause you to buy or sell. And if you don't take his mark, well, then that means you won't be able to do so. Well, in order to do that, you've got to have one global system to do so. So that's why there's lots of uh, concern over when you're hearing these words, global reset. And lots of people at one time says, well, that's just conspiracy. Well, Conspiracy is when it's something that's said, but it's, it's always in behind the scenes. So you've heard a lot of this. A conspiracy is not something that's out in the open, that's being declared, that's being presented. So one thing that I wanted to do is, I'm not saying that this is bad, I'm not saying it's good, I'm just giving you uh, what it is. And you can go on this. Um, on the web and find this out. And what you would find is that this global reset comes from the World Economic Forum. Uh, and you would find that they would go to a place called Davos. And these are like the billionaires of the billionaires of the world. And they go and they tell the millionaires how to live is really what it comes down to. And so one of the things that you're going to see in, in the global reset um, 
you can go on there and see kind of how they're breaking things out. You can see their board of directors, your, their trustees, you know, who's influencing it all over the world. And uh, one of the things that they've got uh, that they will list out here uh, is their aim is to steer the stock market for fairer outcomes and to coordinate world regulations and taxes and for world fiscal policy. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to create that system. And so you'll see a lot of ups and downs in the markets. You'll see a lot of um, trepidation as far as what's going on. Um, so what they're planning on doing is, okay, we need to regulate that to release the fears of people. So that's what they're trying to do there. So another thing that they're going to try and do is to change the wealth taxes to take more from the wealthy. All right. Uh, they want to remove all fossil fuel subsidies. So inevitably what that would do if you're in North America is that would cause North America as the number one producer to reduce their supply. So what that means is instead of paying a lower gas dollar, you're going to pay a higher gas dollar. And, and so that goes for your natural gas and, you know, at the pumps and so on and so forth. Um, they also want to control all social media in one united law. Um, a global agreement so that if you make a report globally, you can have that person's voice completely removed from it. Uh, they want to instill large government stimulus programs. We've already started to see some of these things. They want to build green environmental infrastructures so that every home will have to, to have an update uh, to meet these green regulations. Doesn't sound necessarily bad. And at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we look after our, uh, our environment. Um, so they want to make a new industrial revolution to support the public good. And so that's part of the socialistic aspect of things. One of the things that they put out there was, um, you know, in a number of years, they said, you will own nothing and be happy with it. So basically that means that uh, you won't have a mortgage, you won't have debts, you know, you won't have goods, you'll just kind of rent them and things like that and, and they'll give them to you. That's the idea behind the global reset. Now, there's more to it, but what I wanted to show you is not that I'm saying that this is bad, but what I'm trying to tell you right now is that this is something that they want to implement globally. And if you are able to implement something globally, then you're able to take control of it. Now, if it's done with the right person in control, it can be a very good thing. If it's not done with the right person in control, it can be a very bad thing. All right. So when we're talking about what's happening in the mentality of people, you know, that are in our leaderships all across the world, the nations of the world. What they're calling for is, uh, with all this COVID stuff that's happening um, and the confusion that's going around with it, the financial markets, they're saying, we need one leader. They're already calling for it, you know. And so what they're doing is they're saying, okay, this is a great opportunity to have a global reset. Basically, just wipe the slate clean and it lets everybody move forward. That's kind of the idea behind this whole thing. And so you can understand why people are rising up in fear and saying, okay, well, is this the end? Well, you know what? Whether that happens or not, I don't know the answer to it. What I do know is that they've been trying to do this since the mid-80s. And so now we're looking at 35 years later. What I can tell you is this. 
nothing is going to happen if the church continues to rise up. If the church continues to call on God to establish his purposes, to establish his kingdom, to call on his power to fill our land, and if we continue to bow our knee before the King of kings and the Lord of lords and recognize him as the ultimate king and give him total control, well then, you know what? It's not going to matter what the devil tries to do because there is a power that is greater, that is pushing him back, that is restraining him. But what you can understand is this, that if the church gets pulled out, because the rapture of the church is this, when God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the church out of this world. And the word of God says that the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we that remain will be caught up with him to meet him in the air. That's in the, that's in the word of God. If that is the case, and the church gets taken away, the restrainer now has full access. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, woe to you, because you're going to have to deal with a whole mess of stuff. And so what I'm imploring you is now is the season. Now is the season to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because he is your refuge. He's going to be your safe haven. He's going to be the one that's going to get you through all of these seasons, no matter the ups or the downs. That's the beautiful part about it. And guess what, guys? If the Lord doesn't come back for another 50 years, Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ is still the refuge. Jesus Christ is still the answer. Jesus Christ is still the one that is able to push you through any circumstance. And he is going to bless you. He's going to release his, his joy into your life. And he's going to break the chains of bondage all around you so that you can be free. You can have all that anxiety released from you because he loves you so much. So I want to declare over your lives even now that no matter what this world is talking about, that the word of God is still true, that Jesus Christ is still king, that his love will never, ever, ever stop for you because he loves you so much. You are not doomed. You have an opportunity to come before the king of kings because he wants you to come into his kingdom because he loves you so much. Bless God. So before we go, I just want to declare God's blessings over you. I want to, I want to pray for you. And I, I'm just imploring you that if you're feeling like this, if you're feeling desperate, if you're feeling confused, uh, man, I'm telling you, get into the word of God, bow a knee before Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I've messed up. And I really need your presence. I really need to know that you're real. I need you to cleanse me. I need you to make me right for whenever you come back. Because I don't want to be left in this world. I want to go with you. I want to sit in heaven with you for all of eternity. God, wash me and cleanse me and make me new in the name of Jesus. So if you prayed that, oh man, I, I tell you, I just want you to email me and just let me know that you've given your heart to Jesus Christ. I just want to bless you in, uh, and personally and individually. So Father, I thank you for everybody that's listening. And Father, I ask in the name of Jesus for a release of peace. I ask in the name of Jesus for a release of joy. God, I ask for anybody that's listening, if they're on the fence with whether or not to give their lives to you, that they would recognize the joy of serving you and the absolute peace in knowing that they're going to be with you for all of eternity. 
God, I thank you that you are the conqueror, that no matter what circumstance, no matter what situation, no matter what goes on in this world, that you are able to do more than we could ever imagine because you are God. And so, God, we worship you, we bless you, and I speak your, uh, your power upon everybody, oh God, that's listening right now. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would give them a good day, that you would fill them with your spirit and your fire. Let them know how much you love them. God, bless each one in the name of Jesus, I ask. Guys, my name's Stephen from SR Mannering Ministries. I'm so thankful that you've taken the time. God bless you, and I'll see you soon.